Good day, everyone, and here we go with another edition of Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Various pieces of Michigan's auto insurance policy have long been a point of contention for lawmakers, drivers, and a lot of other people in the state. And now, because of a new law set to take effect in Michigan on July 1st, the home health care sector could see some big changes as well. If the law, which was signed back in 2019 by Governor Gretchen Whitmer, does in fact go into effect the way that it is currently structured, it would cap hourly home health attendant care at 55% of what providers were charging in January of 2019. Now, this would essentially put most, if not all, home health care agencies out of business. It would also potentially upend the lives of individuals and families who rely on these home health care businesses because of injuries that were sustained in car accidents. Here to tell us more about the implications of this new law is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor of Crane's Detroit Business. He has a new piece out titled, We'll Be Out of Business, Home Care Agencies Lobbying to Scrap 55% Cap on Care for Injured Drivers. Chad, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So uh, let's start with the context here. This is all part of the massive auto insurance reform that we adopted here in Michigan. And there are many parts of that that people are really excited about taking effect now. This is uh, a part of that bill that we haven't talked a lot about. But but first, give us the, 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 the sort of bigger picture. This is a big deal uh, here in Michigan, and it will change – a lot of things for people's uh, insurance bills. Yeah, so in 2019, the legislature set out to uh, rein in the cost of insurance. And the cost of insurance uh, and auto insurance has been largely driven by personal injury protection, known as the PIP portion of your coverage. You have comprehensive, you might have collision coverage, uh, bodily injury. But this is always, uh, for most drivers, particularly in Detroit and, and uh, in the uh, first ring suburbs, it's been the, the, the lion's share of their, of their premium. And so starting last year, July, July 2nd last year, um, motorists were able to opt out of, of unlimited personal injury protection um, and, and go to a lower amount. Of, if they, they, they went to $500,000, they would get a 20% savings. And a lot of people went to this $250,000 um, coverage so they could get a 35% savings. And also as part of the bill, it, it guaranteed that what was supposed to be an average of 10% savings if you remained in unlimited uh, medical uh, coverage. Uh, but to, in order to do that, they had to find cost ways to control the cost on on the medical side. And so for the longest time, no-fault auto insurance has been the best payer to hospitals, uh, brain injury clinics, home health care companies, uh, and also lawyers uh, who have, sometimes will take a third of, 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 the, of what gets paid out. Um, and so these uh, providers have been able to charge their highest rates and uh, provide the best care, um, especially for people who are catastrophically injured. They become a quadriplegic, they're, they're, they're 
paralyzed from the neck down. They can't move. They need uh, one or two people at all times to 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 care for them. They you know they might be on a ventilator, um, and so they have very very acute needs and require a lot of human hands and uh, and to to care for them. So uh, what's happened now is as part of this cost containment measure, the legislature put this cap of fifty five percent of what a provider charge for home health care on an hourly basis uh, as of January of 2019. Um, this law was passed just before Memorial Day uh, in 2019, as you might recall, because the governor went, the governor and legislative leaders went to the went to Mackinac Island the next week and had a big old party on the on the on the uh, Grand Hotel porch and signed this bill. And it was, you know, seen as a very momentous uh, thing because it took years to break this logjam. Well, they put off this, they gave the, the providers two years to essentially get ready for this. Um, and they've been lobbying for two years to change this, uh, basically saying you know, the math just simply doesn't work. And I'll give you an example here. So um, a home health care agency who has a, a registered nurse, um, if they provide an in-home registered nurse, and this is pretty pretty common if you ha- have someone on a ventilator uh, who, needs, who needs that ventilator maintained and also uh, restarted in in case it stops because mm-hmm. it keeps them alive that uh, some of these agencies will charge about $70 mm-hmm. an hour. And, and then uh, in that $70 an hour, they have to pay the person and, and, a, and a, um, a nurse right now, registered nurse in, in, in a pandemic right now in a shortage of, of nurses, you know, can get 40 to $45 an hour in the marketplace right now. Um, no matter where they're working at a hospital uh, or a doctor's office or other, other setting. Um, if you just cap that 70 $70 charge, at 55%, it's $38.50 an hour. So that's less than what the actual wages are um, in a competitive market. And then you got to pay, you know, overhead taxes, insurance, liability. Um, and, you know, these companies, these are, these companies are businesses. They're trying to make a little profit too. So um, the, the, the numbers just don't add up for these companies. And then it gets worse when you get down into lower skilled um, uh, uh, caregivers, like the most basic caregiver. They may still charge $24 an hour um, because Medicaid pays like $18 an hour. And they got to basically squeeze out um, uh, uh, you know, uh, eleven dollar to twelve dollar an hour wage uh, in that twenty four dollar um, an hour, um, or sometimes they you know they they try to pay more than eleven twelve dollars because that's like the Medicaid rate. They try to pay fifteen sixteen dollars an hour, and so um, if you take fifty five percent of twenty four, it's thirteen twenty, and so an hour. So it it, it again the 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 numbers don't add up. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost impossible for these companies to possibly exist and for this care to go on. And we're talking about several thousands of people in the state who get 24-hour attendant care provided by one of these companies. Yeah. So, so the debate about high insurance costs and premiums and other things in Michigan has always centered on the idea that the medical costs were the driver. In other words, that this was this was about medical costs. In order to, to lower premiums, they had to find savings someplace yep. what was the, what was the reason that this was what they settled on and what were some of the other areas that you might have found these kind of savings that wouldn't have had this kind of effect on on individuals who really need intense intense long-term care 
Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. The, there's a separate provider fee schedule for hospitals. And it's about, it was set at 200% of Medicare. And that was pretty negotiated. The hospitals uh, went along with that. There was a separate additional 235% of Medicare for like, uh, for hospitals like in Detroit, like Detroit Medical Center that have, or hospitals in like really rural parts of the state that have high levels of indigent care, unpaid um, uh, 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 customers, essentially, that come in and they don't have insurance. And so these hospitals get a little bit higher rate, but most of their hospitals got this 200%. Um, but then these these agencies and also this 55% um, uh, also applies to um, rehab centers as well, traumatic brain injury centers. Um, and and I'll be honest, I covered this this bill inside and out and this whole reform movement for several years. I don't know where this 55% number just showed up, but it came in the bill in the last days of, of the debate of this thing. And because uh, they were in a big rush that week before Memorial Day to get it done so they could they could get it to the governor on a desk at the Mackinac conference and have the symbolism of, of a huge bipartisan uh, victory. And, and so uh, a lot of legislators, they, they claimed they were advised that, that the, that the uh, folks that were already catastrophically injured would be grandfathered. And, and there's at least 4,000 uh, folks who are, are in that catastrophically injured category who, who their care is paid for by the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Fund. And this is that fee that everybody gets on their, on their uh, for every vehicle they own. It's it's a hundred dollars a year now. It used to be two hundred and twenty. So the 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 reform and all the uh, cost containment uh, has cut that that fee from two hundred and twenty to a hundred dollars. But that's only if you keep that unlimited insurance. If you opt out of that unlimited insurance, you no longer have the safety net of the catastrophic claims fund. So if you're in one of these catastrophic injury uh, accidents, um, you know, you basically, you will have to exhaust all of your, um, your insurance. And then you, and then you essentially get knocked to the Medicaid system because you'll probably have to exhaust all your assets. Um, that's, that's one of some of the real world cho- choices that people have to, to, to take now mm-hmm. in, in, in effort to get lower car insurance. Um, and, and so where this 55% fee originated, um, it's anyone's guess, but you could probably point to the insurance lobby. Hmm. And and where else might you have tried to get this kind of savings? I mean, you need you need costs to go down in order yep. to for those savings to be passed on to to insurance holders, policy holders. Where else might they have looked? I mean, the the other area is is in the cost of collision or or comprehensive. But again, not not everybody carries that. And if you have a a three thousand dollar car and you're driving in say Detroit and you're getting charged uh, five grand a year for insurance, which is not, not unusual, mm-hmm. um, it, it, a lot of that cost uh, was 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 uh, you know attributed to either these. Per, these PIP claims and and the, and the claims were higher in Detroit and in the surrounding suburbs, um, and uh, and also just you know you know high propensity of more accidents, more theft. Uh, there was other areas that that were targeted. I mean the um, uh, uh, the rating system that we had that has been slightly taken away, where you could you could get dinged for your credit rating, or uh, you know there was examples I reported on where. Um, 
married women would see their insurance go up when they when they got divorced, mm-hmm. um, and there was no longer um, a spouse living in the house. Uh, or you had cases where uh, someone with you get you know high you get charged higher rates for having lesser uh, education, uh, and so you have this just in, inherent discrimination where someone who's a lawyer living at the same house would get charged uh, less uh, than someone who uh, just had a high school diploma um, for the same vehicle, same person, same driving record, yes. um, and so so all those rating factors they were taken away to try to level the playing field, uh, but at the end of the day you still had all this cost, these multiple billions of dollars of medical claims every year that had to get either spread out uh, across the the state um, or they had to get reined in. And and the legislature um, did not want to simply shift these costs from uh, basically from from those urban areas to the rural and suburban areas, they wanted to uh, simply rein in the cost. And so they put all these different cross controls in. And some of this was driven by a lot of the, um, there was abuse in the system. There's no doubt uh, where people would, uh, would uh, providers, medical providers would, would uh, you know, run people through a battery of tests and MRIs. I mean, you don't have to get far off the 696 to find kind of a, a small industry of, of, of MRI clinics uh, um, uh, lining some of the some of the various uh, you know mile roads and, and Stevenson Highway and such, um, that's not by mistake. I mean, we we built Oakland County in particular built up a, a big huge industry um, of medical providers that were wrapped around this entire industry. I, I've I've dubbed it the uh, no fault industrial complex, um, and that's why you know the late Brooks Patterson spent years um, uh, uh, fighting any change to this law because. Mm-hmm. It was a big business for his his county. It helped his county get wealthy, uh, and and then you have you know it's no mistake we have a lot of lawyers uh, with their billboards and faces on on the highways of Metro mm-hmm. Detroit, and they're all wrapped up in this as well. And so because when they can take a case to court, they can get they can end up collecting one third. And some some of these cases, these attendant care um, uh, companies, they might charge seventy bucks an hour, but they've they've had to fight the insurance company tooth and nail. And at the end of the day, they have to force over a third of that to a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking with uh, Chad Livengood. He's senior editor of Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, we're talking about uh, a piece that he recently wrote about a cap that is coming for home health care uh, workers here in the state of Michigan as part of the 2019 auto insurance reform packages. This is a little part of those reforms that actually will have an incredible effect on uh, that industry, but also on the people, potentially, uh, who rely on that industry to provide long-term care uh, after serious auto accidents. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call and uh, let us know. We would love to hear from people at this point who are involved in the home health care industry. Are you a provider or are you somebody who works in that industry? Uh, Do you know about this change and what are you planning to do uh, about it. Uh, July 1st is the date that this is supposed to take effect. Uh, we'd also love to hear from people who rely on uh, home health care businesses uh, for, lo- for long-term care. Are you worried about uh, what kind of care uh, you're going to be able to get uh, after uh, this cap takes effect? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313 313- Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you in 
uh, that way. Uh, before we get to, to listeners and commenters, Chad, I want to talk about this July 1st date, which is coming up pretty quick. Uh, this is set off a last-ditch lobbying effort by medical providers uh, and uh, the, the industry to get lawmakers to delay or change. Is there any reason to believe that that will happen, or is this just going to take effect and and create a fair amount of chaos, I suspect, in this industry? There is kind of a prevailing thought among some of the uh, uh, legislators that uh, let's just wait and see what happens. Um, and, and the medical providers are saying, no, we will go out of business. We will not continue to send people into people's homes starting July 1. And, and so uh, they're trying to you know, tell people, this is, uh, legislators, this will have a real effect because these folks, um, I mean, I featured one a woman who lives in rural town of Mullican, Michigan, in Eaton County. Uh, she gets a, 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 a home health care provider is out of basically out of Clinton Township. They're just kind of they spread everywhere in these in the state. And uh, she requires a registered nurse and a nurse aide at all times, in particular because that ventilator that she's on um, can can stop and the, the nurse needs to start it will restart it while the um, nurse aide uh, pumps oxygen manually into her, her lungs through a trachea. I mean, it's a pretty serious uh, acute need. Um, the alternative is that this woman goes and lives in a nursing home uh, and falls into the Medicaid system, and then the taxpayers end up paying for this. Um, and that's when the, one of the arguments from the start is, this is this is a more uh, efficient and affordable way to, to do this to keep it out of the out of the um, out of the taxpayers' um, uh, liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to give an example, there's about 1.3 billion dollars a year in claims for the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, which pays every medical cost above five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And and so about a third of that is coming uh, is, is is taking care of these severely disabled adults, about uh, about four thousand folks. It's it's roughly four hundred and fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes out to less than one hundred and ten thousand dollars per person. Now that that may that that sounds like a lot, but I mean if you start thinking about what the kind of acute care you need to be in a in a in a nursing home, there's another issue out there that that is probably more of the ticking time bomb here uh, that I didn't get much into reporting, but there are fewer than. 10 um, nursing homes that are accredited uh, um, in, uh, that can actually accept these folks. Um, it, it, there's a certain levels of accreditation. It's spelled out in the law that if they're going to go to a nursing home, they have to have this kind of accreditation. So there may not even be beds for 4,000 people to move to uh, in July. And then you just got the disruption that will do the people's homes, yeah. their assets. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that are going to untangle here uh, if this is, uh, if, if these folks are, if these companies are, you know, not bluffing and uh, and they are really going to go under. And if you just look at their business model, there's not that many people out there that can do private pay um, for home health care. Right. And um, Blue Cross ain't covering this. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, they, they only, uh, you know, commercial insurers only cover certain types of limited amount of in-home care. They don't cover this 24-7 coverage. Um, and, and, then they, and, then, uh, and then the backstop is the Medicaid system. And, and that is very limited. Uh, and again, as I said earlier, it's also the lowest payer of all the payers. And a lot of these, care, these home health care agencies, 
they will have a mixture of some Medicaid patients, some private pay, a couple of commercial uh, customers, and then a, a whole lot of auto insurance customers to basically balance out. So that they might take some losses on the Medicaid uh, in, in terms of their overhead and their administration, but they, but they make up for it uh, with the better better paying uh, auto insurance company uh, or, or auto auto insurance um, uh, customer. And that is if they can actually get the auto insurance company to pay, which is you know sort of a constant source of litigation, which this law was meant to try to get rid of some of this litigation, which, which was really consuming a lot of the premium dollars in the past uh, decade or so. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation uh, about home health care and the support it's going to get after this new law fully takes effect on July 1st. Uh, we want to hear from you as well. We'll get to your calls. Gene in West Bloomfield, Bernadette in Old Redford. We've also got a number of social media comments to share. If you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Hang in there. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9. Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining. My guest is Chad Livengood, senior editor of Crane's Detroit Business, and we're talking about a new part of a part of the new insurance reform law that's set to take effect July first. That would cap uh, compensation for home health care workers at fifty five percent of what that rate was in January of twenty nineteen. Something that the home health care industry says will absolutely devastate uh, the businesses that provide this really intensive uh, care for people who've been hurt in auto accidents. Uh, It would also upend the lives of many of the people who rely on that care. Uh, We want to hear from you about uh, what you think about this, and especially if you're somebody who is part of the home health care industry or relies on that industry. We'd love to hear what you're thinking about this as we get closer to that July 1st deadline. Uh, as always, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll try to work them into the conversation. Tobias on Twitter says, auto insurance will continue to rise because cost containment measures were not placed on the insurance ca- carriers. Uh, file and allow will not stop rates from increasing while providers go out of business. Michigan will be a tort state uh, before long. Uh, Ruby on Twitter says, no-fault insurance isn't a bad thing. It keeps the ambulance chasers away and gives coverage that's necessary in cases of accidents where there is trauma. The amount of money saved by getting rid of no-fault was so little. We lost so much more than we gained. Uh, Jeff Ross has a question on Twitter that I think is uh, a good place to start uh, this this second part of the show here. He says, how do other states handle these costs? Uh, Chad, that's a, a subject that has come up several times. It came up during the debate over this law in 2019. Lots of other states, most other states, in, in fact, do this differently. Talk about how this particular wrinkle of auto insurance coverage, long-term uh, intensive medical care, uh, 
gets gets handled in states that don't have no fault. Yeah, in states that don't have this uh, unlimited uh, pool of money to yeah. to provide for care, uh, these folks typically end up in the Medicaid system. In other states, uh, they they end up in nursing homes uh, uh, with with the uh, or they lose their assets. They, they uh, bankruptcy is pretty common uh, in other states. We had really a unique and different law. Yes, it it, it led to the highest rates in America. And it made insurance uh, wholly unaffordable in Detroit and Flint and some other uh, um, of our urban cities. Um, but but it came with you know the best coverage. I mean, it's no it's no uh, uh, mistaking. It was like golden handcuffs uh, uh, com- compared to other states. And you just had to go over the border in Ohio to get a vastly different experience. Yes, you get lower insurance, but you don't have nearly the safety net that uh, folks had if they were ever in. Uh, you know, have the misfortune of being one of these horrific uh, auto accidents. Mm. Um, and I mean, one of the reasons why um, the, the advocates say, look, the, the care you get at home is going to be way better than a nursing home. If you have someone there all all the time, you get moved, you get turned um, if, if you're quadriplegic uh, often because you can form bed sores really easily. And and bed sores are a very common uh, thing that occurs in, in nursing homes and, and, uh, and where you have uh, one nurse who has to basically, you know, oversee a wing of, you know, maybe maybe a dozen patients. They just simply don't have the time to give that kind of uh, intense care. And so um, it is it is a wholly different uh, system and same same with the rehabilitation we have it's been michigan's been recognized to having uh the best um uh, traumatic brain injury institutes in america uh, places like the eisenhower center in ann arbor and some of the uh, uh, uh rehab facilities that hope network runs in west michigan um and those are going to be actually also capped at this 55 percent uh, as well as um group homes uh where we have uh, group homes that are run by these agencies where they supply a uh, in, in-home care, you know, caregivers, so there, or there might be two or three individuals who share a home. Uh, that that also is being capped at fifty-five percent, that daily rate. Um, and it's been done under the auspices that these rates were too high, uh, and that and as I, I quoted uh, Kevin Clinton, the executive director of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, he believes they're still fat uh, in these rates, and so uh, and that may be the case, uh, but there's you know, there's just an open question about is is 55% the right number um and uh what what the what the what the providers are advocating for is let's just go back freeze us at the January 2019 rates that we were charging and uh and let's let's avoid sort of a you know a, a catastrophe here um so far i'm not sure how much uh the legislature is listening at this point yeah yeah again 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones Let's start with Jean in West Bloomfield. Jean, what's on your mind? Hi. Um, my, I actually have a comment, which goes to the cost of insurance at this point. Mm-hmm. So I live in West Bloomfield. Um, it's my husband and myself. We have 17-year-old twins, all right? So before my twins were able to drive, which coincided with the uh, change in the law, my husband and I jointly paid about 2500 a year. For, uh, for car insurance, we have no accidents, no um, tickets, whatever. We now pay for the four of us ten thousand a year. Wow! So they've yeah. added seventy five hundred bucks for your two 
underage well, no. drivers. No, no, no. It's they added for the for them, but they also it was also coincided with the increase that happened because of the change in the law. I see. So half of it about. Half of it is due to them, but half of the rise is also due to the change. Gene, hmm. uh, I'm really glad you called and, and shared that because I, I think there are a lot of people who are experiencing that, even though that there are some others who are experiencing decreases in costs. Chad, what, what, what accounts for that? The, the idea of this was that people were supposed to save money. Uh, why yep. would Gene have seen such a, an increase? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of several cases of this, and it it's all a little bit of different variables. But one of the one of the big ones is when the when they when the uh, lawmakers reduced uh, costs and expense in the personal injury protection and let people opt out of of full coverage uh, for their own injuries, they then turned around and, and increased the coverage for what's known as bodily injury, which covers uh, uh, is an insurance line of insurance for if you are in a car accident and you caused it, mm-hmm. um, even though we are a no fault state, you could still be sued for being at fault if you caused what's known as pain and suffering to someone. So if, if you if you uh, broke their leg and they were out of commission, out of work for for uh, you know, three months, they could come back and sue you for lost wages and and and, and economic damages. And this bodily injury line had not been updated uh, since the law was passed in the 70s. It was the same amount and it was not seen as sufficient. Uh, also, um, surprise, surprise, um, some trial attorneys lobbied for this line to be increased so there would be more money hmm. uh, that could be uh, uh, gained in a, in a settlement or in, a, in, a, in a, or at trial. And so a lot of people saw their bodily injury um, uh, rates go up and then there was some there was some funky things with teenagers uh, and and uh, the insurance the insuring of of, of uh, drivers or maybe even a college age kid who doesn't live at home. Um, this is really kind of really down the weeds, but basically there was some uh, there there was going to be uh, some additional charges, and that may be reflected now um, uh, in 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 your uh, car insurance rates. Um, I, I would recommend if you haven't already to shop around a lot uh, because this yeah. is a pretty competitive market now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Gene, sorry for what uh, what happened to your rates there, and hope uh, you can find a carrier who will do a little better by you. Let's go to Kirsty in Detroit. Kirsty, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, what's listening to you all and, and hearing about what's happening on the healthcare end is, is really upsetting to hear. Um, but I also wanted to just bring up, uh, you know, how difficult it's been for folks in Detroit, you know, people of color in Detroit uh, prior to this change and how expensive coverage had been. Yeah. And how it it really caused people to then drive around without any coverage at all uh, and just kind of perpetuated the socioeconomic differences that really, really, um, you know, divide the white and black uh, communities. And really, it it was quite disparaging for uh, the community of Detroit and and just so difficult for folks just to be able to live because the prices were so high. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah. And people are ha- were having to use, you know, um, addresses uh, that were outside of the city of Detroit. And then if they were to get in an accident, they wouldn't be covered because right. they lied. Kirsty, you're, 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 provide, yeah, you're you know? preaching to the choir here. I mean, I live in Detroit, so I'm one of those people who pays, you know, pretty high rates for uh, for insurance. And 
you know, <clears throat> luckily I'm not somebody for whom that's, you know, a, a question of being able to insure the car or keep food on the table or keep, uh, you know, prescription uh, medicine supplied. I, I'm able to do it, but but it is a huge disincentive to living in the city, or was, uh, and, and as you point out, for a lot of people, it just it was just out of reach. Uh, Chad, this was the major fix that Mayor Duggan, in particular, uh, who was who was championing this legislation, said that uh, we would realize. Is that actually happening? I think is one of the questions in the city. Are are people better able to afford? Uh, coverage, but then you also have this question of, well, what are they buying and what are they getting covered for? Are they giving up uh, the ability to to have even this this kind of long term care? Yeah, I mean they are when they opt out of of unlimited PIP. They are in a, what the mayor has called PIP choice, where you can just no longer have to be bound by one of these uh, you know unlimited insurance plans. You you are definitely um, uh, uh, taking a new risk uh, to get that savings. Um, and there's even a, a lower plan of fifty thousand dollars of PIP coverage for people on Medicaid uh, that that you know has was guaranteed to give you a, a forty five percent cut in your rates. Um, that that definitely is a you know a big boost for someone living in poverty or work or or near the poverty level. Um, but at the end of the day, if they if they get in a car accident, they're not going to get uh, the same type of care they used to get, and and that's been the trade off. Um, uh, the goal has been, you know, to, by the mayor is to try to get more people insured, you know, under the auspices that you get more people insured, you, you've, you've added them to the marketplace, they're no longer driving illegally, um, and and they're, you know, reestablishing residency in, in Detroit. I mean, people would just make decisions about residency based on these these car insurance rates. And and so it was a it was a huge economic uh, detriment to the city. It, it spawned a whole industry of seven day car insurance, uh, um, where people would just buy insurance for a week so they could go to the Secretary of State's get their tags, and then they would drive uh, quote unquote dirty uh, for the other fifty one weeks of the year. And so um, that you know this bill was was driven on the idea of trying to reduce that, um, but also reduce that that goes on in rural areas of the state as well. At one point we had. Um, 7 million uh, vehicles registered in Michigan one year, and we had a little over 6 million vehicles uh, insured. Uh, that was back in 2015, I believe. And so uh, that, that those numbers don't add up. You literally had a million people at one point at, during the year driving around without car insurance. Um, and this law was meant to try to, to, to get at that real inherent problem. Um, and and that, you know, that problem was driven by these medical costs. Mm. Okay, uh, Chad Livengood of Cranes Detroit Business. Always great to have you here uh, for this conversation. I'll have to have you back soon to talk about uh, your your new thoughts about the bottle bill here in Michigan. I wanted to get to that this segment, but uh, we, Next we time. run out of time. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll talk with Thanks. you soon. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about electric vehicles with Michelle Krebs, a longtime industry insider. Talk about all of the new vehicles that are coming onto the market and some challenges that exist because of slowdowns in supply. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.